Welcome to the Poetry Exchange, I'm Michael Schaefer. We've been talking to people about a poem that's been a friend to them, and with their kind permission, we're able to share these conversations with you in this series of podcasts. This week's episode was recorded at the chapel in St Chad's College during this year's Durham Book Festival. As always, if you want to read the text of the poem, you can do so by pressing the little information button within your podcast app. It's a slightly longer poem this week, so you'll be hearing sections of it woven into the conversation and then the whole of the gift recording of the poem at the end. You'll be hearing myself and Fiona Bennett talking about The Transfiguration by Edwin Muir, the poem that's been a friend to Margaret. I just love the idea of it. It's a beautiful, beautiful idea. Oh, thank you. It's great. You're, you're the principal of the college, is Acting that right? principal, yeah. yeah. And is, what's your field? Is it English? It's English, actually. So, so I mean, I've, I've taught poetry for quite a long time, but find as I get older that I'm sort of loving poetry more. This is intriguing to me partly because I'm mostly in the position of poetry of talking about it or reading it, and so to feel slightly more that... I'm a recipient here a little bit, we're in dialogue, you know, it's very intriguing, I think. So I chanced really upon the poem that I've been thinking about recently, um, which is quite long, it's probably on the wrong side, it's Edward Muir's Transfiguration. I've been looking at this one again because of um, a wonderful window in the cathedral, uh, the Transfiguration window, and there was a time a couple of years ago when I was just sitting in the cathedral, and suddenly looked at this window, and it's like I saw it for the very first time. And, and that's a kind of doctrine in the Bible that I've always thought I don't quite get, I don't, I don't understand. And suddenly this window, I thought, was magic. It was like falling in love with it. So it's the window, partly, that made me go back to this poem. And I guess the window has become a kind of place that, if things are tough and you think, oh... You know, there's a place I would just go and sit and be there thinking a situation or a friend or myself somehow needs that kind of transfiguration. So something's awful or difficult or heavy. There's a space where you just sit and offer it, I suppose, to be transformed, transmuted, transfigured. Going back to this poem, which I don't know hugely well, but it's about that moment as well, and it's made me read this poem slightly differently, and it's got that same sense of taking a story in the Bible that I hadn't, you know, I knew was there, but I'd never, I'd passed over of Jesus going up onto the mount, his disciples there, and some kind of vision happening whereby he is transfigured and for a moment the whole world is different and transfigured and it's like that glimpse that they get. The, the friends of Jesus are saying, goodness, this is, this is what the world was meant to look like before all the terrible things came. This is, and it's almost like this unravelling of all the bad things in the world that have happened and this glimpse of a kind of Eden again. So that the beauty of that, and then it all, you know, the vision goes and you're back to normal, but how has that changed you? You know, the fact you've glimpsed what it could be like, how has that changed how you go on presumably seeing the untransfigured world? What a beautiful connection. Would you just read it to us? Um... Sure. So from the ground, we felt that virtue branch through all our veins till we were whole, our wrists as fresh and pure as water from a well. Our hands made new to handle holy things. The source of all our seeing, rinsed and cleansed, till earth and light and water entering there gave back to us the clear, unfallen world.
we would have thrown away our clothes, we'd have thrown our clothes away for lightness, but that even they, though sour and travel-stained, seemed like our flesh, made of immortal substance, and the soiled flax and wool lay light upon us, like friendly wonders, flower and flock entwined as in a morning field. Was it a vision, or did we see that day the unseeable, one glory of the everlasting world, perpetually at work, though never seen since Eden locked the gate that's everywhere and nowhere? Was the change in us alone, and the enormous earth still left forlorn, an exile or a prisoner? Yet the world we saw that day made this unreal, for all was in its place. It's very special the way that he's... There is something very real and everyday in the world that's alongside all this other thinking, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, the fact that that's... And I think, I think the fact he's almost saying, you know, was it a vision? Was it reality? Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't know, maybe it doesn't matter, but somehow whatever, you know, this glimpse that they've had has, has changed something. So when you go to the window and you're sort of in some way being with that possibility or with those possibilities or, or sort of, it's wonderful that that space, you've, you've found that space and that relationship. I mean, the going there is, is usually pretty intentional. I mean, I'm very lucky because my office is right across the road from it, so I can nip out. Um, so it's a place I'm lucky enough to be able to go to fairly often. And sometimes, you know, I'll just go, but sometimes I'll go intentionally because I think, actually, this is quite tough, you know, either for me or for a friend, you know, something you just... I'm, or, or I'm a mum, I've got two kids, you know, sometimes when you think, oh, it's just not going right, I've made a mess of that, or, you know, I've kind of... Or, as I say, when a friend that you know and care about is just in a really difficult spot and, you know, there's nothing that you can particularly do. So sometimes just going there and wanting to kind of hold that situation, um, I suppose, with God, but but very much opening it to that sense of transfiguration. Um, And then going away and feeling okay, leaving it there or holding it there. Um, And I suppose a sense of some sort of peace. Or even if there's not, you think, well, it does does something, it puts her in a slightly different context, that it's somehow you think, okay, life is bigger than this, and transformation, transfiguration is possible. The vision that's offered is is really beautiful. Yeah. I found it quite moving, actually. And just finding finding that theme actually being incredibly rich. So even in my work in this place, okay, which is fantastic, I love it, Um, but obviously there's times when it's just difficult or you meet people in real pain or we've made a mess of something or whatever. Um, but also, you know, just you just think, OK, the possibilities of this community, where can you bring transfiguration? How can you... I suppose, that, yeah, I suppose the, this image has, has come to be, yeah, probably quite central in, in the way I think about lots of things at the moment, including, you know, this community uh, mm. and these students who aren't particularly religious or aren't particularly whatever, but somehow they're doing beautiful things. Um, or I'm noticing when they do beautiful things and I'm interpreting those beautiful things in this context of what if the world were like that mm. that if people made choices like that and it was really inclusive and, mm. um, It's interesting, I suppose uh, I've not seen it this way before but the university universities generally yeah. are places of transformation in, yeah. in a lot of ways Yeah, absolutely yeah. Yeah. and the work you're involved with yeah. is somebody comes in at, at the beginning and, and leaves yeah. hopefully yeah. 
yeah. transformed, yeah. actually, quite literally, yeah. from yeah. You know, really from a child to an adult. Yeah, perhaps. absolutely. And that's one of the things that's wonderful working yeah. with student age, because exactly, they come in mostly 18 and leave. It's, it really is that liminal space where a lot happens, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I can, I can just really see how this, how this would be uh, inspirational. Mm. You've got quite a top job. Mm. Uh, it's probably not all that easy. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine there's a lot of stresses and strains and difficulties and challenges both yeah. within that, yeah. that actually to reconnect mm. on some kind of regular basis, mm. be that at the cathedral or with the poem, yeah. must be sort of restorative and, yeah, and kind absolutely. of... Yeah. Uh, redouble your yeah. efforts to yeah. kind of go, actually, no, this, yeah. there's a reason I'm doing this. Yeah. It has a purpose. Yeah. And which is why I suppose, you know, this poem and one to other poems do, do feel like friends because they nurture you, they, they remind you, they, they say, help give you a kind of narrative to, to transform you know, the reality and make it a wee bit different. Mm. So. For all was in its place. The painted animals assembled there in gentle congregations or sought apart their leafy oratories or walked in peace the wild and tamed together as if also for them the day had come. The shepherd's hovels shone, for underneath the suit we saw the stone clean at the heart as on the starting day. The refuse heaps were grained with that fine dust that made the world. For he had said to the pure, all things are pure. And when we went into the town, he with us, the lurkers under doorways, Murderers with rags tied round their feet for silence came out of themselves to us and were with us. And those who hide within the labyrinth of their own loneliness and greatness came. And those entangled in their own devices, the silent and the garrulous liars, all stepped out of their dungeons and were free. Reality or vision, this we have seen. If it had lasted but another moment, it might have held forever. But the world rolled back into its place, and we are here, and all that radiant kingdom lies forlorn, as if it had never stirred. No human voice is heard among its meadows, but it speaks to itself alone. Alone it flowers and shines and blossoms for itself while time runs on. I love this bit. And those who hide within the labyrinth of their own loneliness Mm. and greatness came. And those entangled in their own devices, the silent and the garrulous liars, all stepped out of their dungeons and were free. I think that's brilliant. And actually, in many ways, it feels really modern. Uh, You know, the idea of being trapped within the labyrinth of... Uh, of your own loneliness it's, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a really modern yeah. <laughs> uh, phenomenon certainly it is, isn't it? The, the brevity of the moment is very brilliantly you know, articulated isn't it if it had lasted but another moment mm. it, it might have held forever I love that mm. but then this idea so it's somewhere it's not transient that it is going on and yeah. it's us that aren't seeing it Sort of, yeah, just um, did we see that day the unseeable one glory? So the sense that this reality is there all the time, every now and again you just get a glimpse through to it. It's brilliant, that section. Mm. Perpetually at work, though never seen. 
And when he says, yet the world we saw that day made this unreal, for all was in its place. So that sense that you have... It's probably whenever you see beauty, you have that kind of aha, and you think, like, that's, that's the real world, even though mostly we only kind of see this one. Yeah. I, th- I often think that's sort of slightly what love is, isn't it? That, that you know, or being in love. It's, it's when you kind of see that person in all their kind of the beauty and stuff, and, and most of the time we're not that people, and we don't see people as that people, but, you know, it's a very gen- generous vision to think, well, that's, that could be the reality. And that's the transformative power mm. of love, to yeah. see like that, yeah. isn't it? And when yes. you're in love, how the whole world yeah. just seems wonderful. You know, do we have the courage to say, well, actually, that is the reality. Unfortunately, most of the time, we probably don't go through seeing it like that, but maybe that's the truth, and the rest of the time, when it's more mundane, it's mm. something less than. Or... I think that's one of just the real gifts of, of, you know, of poetry, you know, because whenever you're writing a poem or giving a poem, and when you're giving a performance, I mean, it's that kind of space where... People do stop and look and attend, and something wonderful, I think, is... I think that's one of the reasons as I get older, I, I'm loving poetry more and more. But it's probably true of any art, isn't it, that, that you just think, ah, oh, that's, you know, it helps you see something or stop or see things through a new life or a new way. I think that's one of the things with this project as well, that I think that idea of a poem, a single poem, being a space... I think that's what that idea was as a trigger somewhere, that I knew that was what it, yeah. what it is and that I knew that it was that yeah. for many people yeah. and that somehow there's not many ways that people have found to talk about that mm-hmm. for poetry. And I think encouraging people to think of a poem as a friend, you know, so it's one that you revisit, it's one that you go back to, it's one that, you, that nourishes you, slightly changes you. you know, it's just a lovely concept. Do you hear when you read in your when you read in your head? Do you hear it in your head? I think I probably do because I guess quite a lot of the poems that I love are ones that I've I've taught or talked about in public, so I have read them. So I probably at some level am hearing probably myself read them, but I haven't probably heard other people read them. So I'd be really intrigued and love hearing you know one of you read this actually because that would be a gift. You know, that would be a treat. That's one of the beautiful things I think about poetry when it when it is read and performed mm. because there's so many choices so many ways that you could so I think and I think someone else reading it can bring out oh, I didn't quite see that mm. I didn't mm. catch that and mm. that's that's lovely no I mean it's been lovely just talking about a poem like this which I said I'm not sure I've ever quite done before it's just been a real you know just really lovely hearing your your thoughts on what you've drawn out that I didn't even know I connected The Transfiguration. So from the ground we felt that virtue branch through all our veins till we were whole, our wrists as fresh and pure as water from a well, our hands made new to handle holy things, the source of all our seeing rinsed and cleansed till earth and light and water entering there gave back to us the clear, unfallen world. We would have thrown our clothes away for lightness, but that even they, though sour and travel-stained, seemed like our flesh made of immortal substance, and the soiled flax and wool lay light upon us like friendly wonders, flower and flock entwined, as in a morning field.
Was it a vision? Or did we see that day the unseeable one glory of the everlasting world, perpetually at work, though never seen, since Eden locked the gate that's everywhere and nowhere? Was the change in us alone, and the enormous earth still left forlorn, an exile or a prisoner? Yet the world we saw that day made this unreal, for all was in its place. The painted animals assembled there in gentle congregations, or sought apart their leafy oratories, or walked in peace, the wild and tame together, as if also for them the day had come. The shepherd's hovels shone, for underneath the soot we saw the stone clean at the heart, as on the starting day. The refuse heaps were grained with that fine dust that made the world. For he had said, To the pure all things are pure. And when we went into the town, he with us, the lurkers under doorways, murderers with rags tied round their feet for silence, came out of themselves to us and were with us. And those who hide within the labyrinth of their own loneliness and greatness came. And those entangled in their own devices, the silent and the garrulous liars, all stepped out of their dungeons and were free. Reality or vision, this we have seen. If it had lasted but another moment, it might have held forever. But the world rolled back into its place. And we are here, and all that radiant kingdom lies forlorn, as if it had never stirred. No human voice is heard among its meadows, but it speaks to itself alone. Alone it flowers and shines and blossoms for itself while time runs on. But he will come again, it's said, though not unwanted and unsummoned, for all things, beasts of the field and woods and rocks and seas and all mankind from end to end of the earth will call him with one voice. In our own time, some say, or at a time when time is ripe. Then he will come, Christ the uncrucified, Christ the discrucified, his death undone, his agony unmade, his cross dismantled, glad to be so. And the tormented wood will cure its hurt and grow into a tree in a green springing corner of young Eden. And Judas, damned, take his long journey backward from darkness into light and be a child beside his mother's knee and the betrayal 
be quite undone and never more be done. That was Fiona Bennett with the gift recording at the end there. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please press subscribe to make sure you get all of the episodes as they come out. The Poetry Exchange is going to take a little break over Christmas, but we'll be back with a brand new episode in the new year. And finally, just to say a massive thank you to everyone that's listened and subscribed and for sharing the Poetry Exchange on social media. We've had a really lovely response. Don't forget to tell your friends. It's free and we'd love to have as many people as possible sharing these conversations. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to nominate a poem that's been a friend to you, you can do that on our website at thepoetryexchange.co.uk. Thank you for listening.